Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Um, Acts chapter 2 verse 12 says this. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Pause for a moment. What's happening here? Jesus has died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He appeared to his disciples and he said, hey guys, I'm about to go back to heaven to be with the Father. The disciples began to freak out. They're saying, Jesus, we can't do this without you. How can you leave us? And Jesus says, here's what I want you to understand. I'm leaving to go to the Father, but I'm sending one who is greater than me. His name is the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to an upper room and wait for me in the upper room. But I don't want you to leave there until the Holy Spirit falls in that room. Until you experience the Holy Spirit. Now, the disciples had no idea who or what the Holy Spirit was. All they knew is that God told them, Jesus told them, go to this location and don't leave until Jesus said and they experienced. Well, in this text, they did what Jesus said and they experienced what he said they would experience. They go to an upper room. They're just waiting for an experience. They're eating food. They're waiting. They're camping out. They're singing songs of worship when all of a sudden the Bible describes it was like a rushing wind that blew through that place. There was tongues of fire on their head. It was crazy. It was amazing. They were filled with power. The local church started and we're here today because of that experience. And while they're in this upper room, though, they are experiencing the Holy Spirit, but there are a group of people that are on the outskirts watching. And the Bible says that some of them were amazed, and some of them were perplexed. And they asked each other, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, these Christians have had way too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, I know you don't understand what's happened, but let me explain it to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. And then Peter goes on to say, what had happened was, these people are not drunk like you just said that they are. It's only nine in the morning. No, 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 no. This that just happened is what the prophet Joel spoke about. And if you look in scripture, the prophet Joel actually prophesied this would happen thousands of years before it happened. But what I love about this is that Peter says, no, 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 no. This is that. Someone say that with me. This is that. What he was saying is this. You think it's one thing, but really it's something else. You think that they're drunk. You think this is what Christianity is about. But really, it's something else. It's called the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I understand. I I have this thought. That if you and I are going to draw close to God, you can only do that at the level of your comfort. Come on, are you with me today? I'm going to try to teach this thing more than preach this thing tonight. A lot of people in our culture and society, they're afraid of God. They're afraid of the things of God. They're afraid of Christians. They're afraid of what Christians believe because they have the wrong idea about who God is, what God is, and who God is about. So people sometimes are standoffish about God. They fear God. They have misconceptions about God, and they have misconceptions and fear about things that aren't even in the Bible. 
Here's what I've come to realize is that some people believe things that aren't true about God because they have had a conception about it. They perceive things without actually experiencing it. They think it's this, but it's actually that. I love it because if you want to take some notes, write this down in your notes. Come on, does anybody have some notes? This is a note-taking Sunday. Come on, come on, take it out. Wave it in the air. Come on, everybody. Wait, everybody. This is crowd participation. Come on. Okay, wave it in the air. Um, let me tell you why this is so important. Because tonight what I want to do is I want to challenge what you believe. Because right believing leads to right living. So look at your life. If you want to live a blessed life, you need to be thinking blessed thoughts. If you want to live at the next level, you need to be thinking at the next level. If you want to understand God, then you need to know the right things to believe about God. Today we're kicking off this series, and over the next two weeks, and I want to challenge you, don't miss a single week of this series. Come on. Every week is going to build on the next week. Next week, don't even think about missing next week. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't even think about it. Turn to the other neighbor and say, no way, I'm going to be here. Come on, I'll be here. Like, you don't even want to miss it. Because we're going to build every single week, and this entire month is just to help you grow spiritually, to help you understand who God is. Because some of us have misconceptions about the Holy Spirit and about God, and God's going to help you grow through that, and you're going to realize how great God is and how much you want the Holy Spirit in your life. But I realized that this week, I was coming back from New York City, I was there um, with a church planning conference that they asked me to come to, and, and I was flying back on Wednesday. And whenever I'm on a flight, I always like to pick my seat. I love to sit in the aisle. And I will always pick an aisle seat where the middle seat is empty, but someone has already chosen the window seat. And so I was looking at my seat selection, and someone had chosen the window seat. The middle seat was empty, so I chose the aisle seat. The reason why is there's a strategy to it, is when you pick a seat that the two ends are taken, but the middle is empty, How many of you know, no one wants to sit in the middle seat? So you have a better chance. Come on, I'm helping some of y'all when you fly out for Christmas. Come on. You have a better chance that you'll have more leg room, you'll have more space, because no one wants to sit there, so they'll pick every other seat except for that one, unless that's the only seat left, so that you have more room. And so I'm sitting there. The guys at the window, we're looking at each other. We're like, man, almost there. Come on. Nobody's still in the seat. Let's go. And so all of a sudden, they come on with the announcement. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, we just want you to know that the boarding process has come to an end. And I look at the guy. I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> now the cabin doors are being closed. And he looks at me. He's like, man, we lucked out. I'm like, it's not luck, brother. It's called favor. <laughs> but then I look down the aisle, and there's three people left to find their seat. <laughs> Y'all are so empathetic <laughs> how many of you know this is first world problems really it really is like and um i see there's three people and i'm like oh my goodness because here's what happens when you do that how many of you know your prayer life completely changes you're like jesus please jesus please jesus please not them not her no oh my god please you're praying come on how many of you're sizing people up that dude is six foot eight he's gonna take all the leg room and the arm rest jesus please all of a sudden this girl is coming down the aisle she's the last one to have gotten on the plane and she is decked out she's got like this this headband with colorful feathers she's got her face all painted colorfully she's wearing this colorful outfit and and she comes and she goes i think this is my seat and i said i think you were mistaken She's like, no, I'm pretty sure 
this is my, my seat. And I said, what's your seat number? I mean, look at me like I own the plane. What's your seat number? So she tells me, and I look up, and I'm like, yeah, that's your seat. She goes, and she sits down, and, and, um, and the guy at the window asked her, he goes, so what's up with all the, the makeup and this whole costume thing? And she goes, um, we're going to Miami Carnival. And all of a sudden, half the plane is like, woo! I mean, it was crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And... Um, I had no idea what that is. Some of you were there this afternoon. And, and um, so we take off and we're, we're in the air and, um, and she starts to try to conversate and she asks the question that many times people ask when I'm on a flight and they're trying to make conversation. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. Many times when I'm on a flight, I don't want to talk to people, you know? And, um, and so she asks the question that I get asked a lot and she says, so what do you what do? You do? And, and this is where it's like, am I going to be honest or not? You know? And so I, I look at her and I say, I'm in development. <laughs> like, I develop people. And I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. I, I looked at her and I said, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And she goes, you're so silly. At this point, she's drunk. You're so silly. We're all passengers. <laughs> The drink cart's coming. I'm like, we'll pass in this row. Keep going. I was like, no, 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 no. Look, I'm a passenger, but I'm a pastor of, of a church. And that's when it got good at 30,000 feet. She's like, oh, I hate Christians. But I knew who she was talking. I knew the kind of Christian she was talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about, what she was talking about? And so I looked at her and I said, I do too, girl. I hate those kind of Christians too. And she goes, you can't. You're a pastor. I'm like, oh, yes, I do. That's why we have a church in Miami called Brave Church. Come on, somebody. Like, and, um, and, and I know what she was talking about. She was talking about religious, judgmental, like legalistic type of people that are more concerned about their opinion than they are about people. And... Um, so we're there, and she, you know, she ordered another drink, and, and so we're there, and she goes, well, what does your God think of my drinking? And I looked at her, and I said, you know, I don't think God even cares about that. I think God cares more about you. And if God can get you, then God can talk to you about that drinking thing later on. You see... What happens so much of the time is that people in our culture and society, they have this misconception of who God is. And because of that, they, they say, I don't want anything to do with that God. Oh my God, you're going to church, you're inviting me to church. I don't want to go to church. But here's what I know, is that if we took a survey in this room, probably most of us in this room were really skeptical about going to church at some point in time. You're like, oh, I'm not a church person. I don't want to go to church. Someone invited you, but now you're here every Sunday night. You love Brave Church. And the reason why is because you thought church was this, and you really discovered church is that. You thought church was just a bunch of rules, but you realize that this is the greatest place in Miami on a Sunday night that you can be in, that your life is getting changed. 
God is doing something new and something real. And so tonight what I want to do is I really want to help you understand who the Holy Spirit is because some of you, you thought he was this, but tonight I'm going to help you understand he's that. In order for us to do that though, I need everyone in this room just to give me 15 minutes and a blank page for me to help us get on the same page with who the Holy Spirit is. Because some of us have these wild perceptions of who the Holy Spirit is. And some of us love that. And some of us don't. But what if we could put denominational boundaries aside? What if we could put what you saw on Saturday Night Live aside? And what if we could start with a clean piece of paper to really understand who the Holy Spirit is? I really believe that you're going to see tonight that not only do you love the Holy Spirit, but you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Come on, anybody ready to go there tonight? Let me help you out with just some of the the basics. I'm really going to try to teach this tonight. I'm going to try to not preach it, but I'm going to try to teach it. Um, Let me give you some, and and this is extra in your notes. Would you write this down? God is is three in one, called the Trinity, which really means this, that God is three in one. Three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, before you hear that and you think, well, that's impossible. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Well, you're right, but you're not God. And if I can understand God, then he's not a God worth understanding. Are you with me? Like, and so we can't in our finite human minds completely understand how God works. But here's what I can tell you. You're three in one as well. You have a soul, you have a spirit, and you have a body. Your soul is what's going to spend eternity somewhere, either with God in heaven or in hell, separated from God. Then you have a spirit. Your spirit is what gives you your personality. It's what makes you wild, crazy, outgoing, audacious, or it's what makes you reserved, more conservative. But it's your personality. That's your spirit. It's what moves you. It's the kind of music you listen to. It's the humor that you have. It's the way you dance. It's the way that maybe you shouldn't dance, but that's your spirit. That's what drives you. And then there's your body. Your body is the part of you that craves chocolate. And all the women said, amen. And so here's what I want you to understand is that the Holy Spirit is a part of who God is. God the Father, we don't have any problem with him. We're like, man, we get that. God the Father created the earth. That's awesome. God the Son, Jesus. We have, man, we, we get Jesus because it's Christmas. We see him as a baby. We've seen him in Passion of the Christ. Your grandma, your abuela has a picture of him in the house. Like, we get it. Like, we know Jesus. We've seen him. We know what he looks like. Not really, but that's what we think. But some of us, when we get to this part of God, God the Holy Spirit. Pastor, that just seems kind of mystical to me. It seems kind of like weird to me. And it's funny when people will say that at times, people will say that, and, and I'll ask people in Miami, okay, so you don't want to know about the Holy Spirit, you don't want to know the Holy Spirit because that's too weird for you, but let me ask you, do you have anyone in your family or friends who, that they did Santoria, and they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm like, so you're telling me you have no problem with seeing stuff, um, bro, you've seen stuff float in your house, but you're telling me you have a problem with the Holy Spirit. Like, you read your horoscope every day from some joker in an office who types it out and prints it in a newspaper, and you will believe that, but you have a hard time believing that God is a God of his word, and he has something called the Holy Spirit that wants to move in your life. I just have come here to tell you, listen, believing in the Holy Spirit is not the hardest thing for you to believe. And so tonight what I want to do is I want to start off with telling you who he is not. But let me, let me just say this. Let me say this first. Is if you're here tonight and you say, Look, 
All I want is Jesus. Do I, do I even need the Holy Spirit to get to heaven? The answer is no. All you need is Jesus to get to heaven. Anybody here thankful for Jesus? Like, your relationship with Jesus determines your eternity. In a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make sure your relationship with God is right. So Jesus, your relationship with Jesus determines your eternity, but your relationship with the Holy Spirit determines how you live life here on earth. Because Jesus is already in heaven with the Father. The Bible declares he's at the right hand of God right now, preparing a place for you and I. Aren't you so glad that the 70, 80 years that we have on this earth is not all that there is? But when we leave this earth, if you know God, there's a big party in heaven. And it's not going to be us hanging out on clouds with a white robe, playing a harp. It's going to be a party. There's the six o'clock crazy crowd. Love it. <laughs> and... And, and so, so here's what you have to understand is if all you want is Jesus and to go to heaven, then that's all you need. But if you want to live your best life here on this earth and you want your life to impact other people and we want our church to make a difference in our city, then we need the Holy Spirit. So number one, what is he not? Number one is this. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. The Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's not in it. And that's so important because if you relate to the Holy Spirit as just a spiritual force, then that's all you'll see him as. But if you understand the Holy Spirit is a person, then you will relate to him as a person. Now, let me help you understand because you're like, well, why is it called Holy Spirit? Or maybe if you've been raised in like church, especially in the South, you've heard the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm saying? And like when I say that, like I always think of like some southern pastor like in southern Georgia going like, the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. Well, well why is it that the Bible used those two words? Here, here's the reason why. Let me give you a quick theology. The New Testament was written in the Greek. When they were writing this down, the experience that they had in the upper room, there was a word called pneuma. Pneuma. That's in your notes. Pneuma. There was not an English word that described what they just experienced. So they used the two English words that they best knew could encapsulate what happened in that room. But the original Greek word, the real meaning of the Holy Spirit is this, a refreshing wind. In other words, wind in your sails. In other words, when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, you can wake up every morning refreshed. Come on. You can wake up not having the, the wind blow in your face, but you can have the wind blowing at your back. Here's what I believe that means. You can run faster. You can run stronger. Come on. You have an age on your behalf that can help you go further than anyone else so the holy spirit is not in it number two is this write this down he's not weird so you're like oh my goodness man this holy spirit stuff is just for those weird christians no the holy spirit is not weird can i tell you god is not weird people are weird no one has ever rejected the power of God when they've seen it. But you know what we do? We reject it when we see it packaged in a weird way. That's why we took the chandeliers out of the auditorium. We don't want nobody swinging from chandeliers up here in Brave Church. Come on. I'm just kidding. That's not why some of you have no idea what that even means. That's okay. But he's not weird. So, Pastor David, what is the Holy Spirit? All right, you've got me convinced. So, so what is the Holy Spirit? Come on, write this down in your notes. I'm going to go through this pretty quick. Number one, you need the Holy Spirit because he is your inner voice. 
He's your inner voice. John 16, 8 says this. When he comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, check this out. There's two words I want you to get acquainted with. Condemnation and conviction. Condemnation is what you feel when the enemy makes you feel bad for things you've done. Anybody ever done something bad? Come on, miss your hand. My hand's up. And and condemnation is what the devil says. Oh, man, you're dumb. You're a loser. Why even keep trying? Why even keep trying to be a Christian? Look, I told you you couldn't do it. That's condemnation. Condemnation pulls you further from God. Conviction is what brings you closer to God. Here's what God says. When you sin, the definition of sin, oh man, this is a good note-taking night. The definition of sin is simply this, missing the bullseye. Think of an archer who's pulling, not bring condemnation, shooting a bullseye. Sup? God's heart is not to tell you, man, you're so bad, you're just a dirty sinner, I'm just going to destroy the earth, destroy you, I can't stand you. Ah." That's not God. No, God, he brings conviction, which means this, hey, you made a bad decision, let's get back on the right track. Come on, let me help you get back in the right path. Come on, let me help you up. You fell down. Let me help you up. Let me even dust you off a little bit and help you get and hit the mark. Come on, anybody thankful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit that God's not angry at you when you sin? He doesn't turn his back on you. It's conviction. And I love this verse because this verse tells us that through his conviction, he speaks to us. It's like an inner voice. In other words, have you ever done something bad? And then you woke up the next morning and you felt bad because you did it. Come on, raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. Some of you here like, man, I've never heard the inner voice of the Holy Spirit. If you raise your hand, yes, you have. That's the Holy Spirit. That's, it's, it's not you. The Bible says that we are born of flesh and sin, that we want to sin. Can I tell you something? That's why it's so easy to sin, because we want to sin. Any pastor who ever tells you that sin is not fun and that you shouldn't, like, like you wouldn't want to sin? No, no, he lied to you. The Bible says that sin is fun for a season, but then there's a time where all of a sudden the fun season has ended and now you've got to reap what you sow. And so here's what I want you to understand is that even though that's true, what we understand here is that if you have missed the mark, your flesh isn't going to make you want to feel bad. The devil's not going to want you to feel bad over it. That is the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you crossed the line. Let's get back up again and start going in the right direction. Is there anybody that's at the six o'clock service that you're so thankful for that inner voice in your head that wants to lead you and guide you in your life? I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3 says this. In fact, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you can't even surrender your life to Jesus unless you've had the Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you, you need Jesus. You need to surrender your life. Number two, write this down. Not only is he our inner voice, but he's our comforter. Jesus was leaving the earth. And he tells his disciples, I'm going to leave a part of the Trinity here who's going to comfort you. In other words, if you've ever been through a trial, if you've ever gone through a tough time in your life, a relationship has gone bad, something that's caused you fear or worry or anxiety, the Bible says this, when you call on the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now, the Bible declares that you have a comforter. Anybody glad that you have a comforter? That when you're going through pain, you don't have to suffer in pain alone. When you feel lonely, you don't have to be alone. Come on, we have a comforter. You know what's so great about this is last Sunday I was preaching about Job. If you were here and 
I was getting into the car to go out to the Kindle location and a gentleman stopped and he knocked on the window and he said, Pastor David, I need to talk to you for just a moment. He said, can you pray for me? Because my mom is really sick and they're saying that she may not live the rest of today. I prayed with him. Went on, preached Kindle, came back and we did the six o'clock service. I fly out the next day to, to New York and I get a text message from my assistant saying, hey, Pastor David, um, his mom has passed away. So I tried calling him. I couldn't get him. By Wednesday, I called him. And we spoke on the phone for about 15 minutes. You see, what I expected to hear on the other end of the line is someone who is completely distraught, as I would be. Or someone who is like just filled with so much grief. And although he was filled with grief, although his heart was sorrowful, although, man, he loved his mom so much, I said, how are you doing? This gentleman on the other end of the phone said, Pastor David, I don't know how to explain it to you. All I know is that my entire family has so much peace. The Holy Spirit has comforted us. We've experienced pain, but we know she's in a better place. And we know that one day we're going to see her again. And we have so much comfort. Come on, I'm here to tell you, no matter what you're going through, the Holy Spirit is what you need. The Holy Spirit is who you need in your life. If you're here tonight and you need comfort, Man, you need, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen this, this blanket that they're advertising. Like they're advertising this blanket. Have you seen it? It's called the zero or like the gravity blanket. Anybody seen that? And they have this, this blanket and I've seen the advertisements for it and it's called a, 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 a gravity comforter. And so I thought, man, I wonder if that really works. So I ordered that comforter off of Amazon, y'all. I saw all these testimonials, like people are like, oh, I just love this blanket. And it's so like, it's like, it like hugs you. And I'm like, I need a hugging blanket. Come on. Anybody need a hugging blanket? The first 50 hands up right now, get a free hugging. I'm just, just kidding. Just kidding. So I ordered this blanket and I'm like, there's no way. Pull this blanket out of the box, turn the air conditioning real low. Anybody else like to sleep with a freezing cold in the house? Come on, freezing cold. I've got my magic number where I like to keep it at. And I pull this blanket up. Y'all, this blanket hugs you. <laughs> like it's like a king size hug. I'm like in my bed. I'm like, I'm like, my God. I just feel so loved and nurtured right now. I mean, I felt comforted. <laughs> Can I tell you? The Holy Spirit is the greatest comforter. He is the one that when you're going through the toughest time of your life, the greatest mark of God's love is when people don't even understand it. And they're saying, hey, are you okay? You can say, hey, I'm good. How? Because I've got God. I've got the Holy Spirit. And I know I should be messed up. I know I should be depressed. I know I should be just torn apart. But I'm good because I've got the great comforter. Someone give God praise today that we have a comforter. Number three, write this down. Not only is he my inner voice, not only is he my comforter, and he's greater than my comforter gravity blanket, but he is my guide. He is my guide. I love John 16, 13 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak with his own, but he will speak what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. Can I tell you? The Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll tell you what steps to take. He'll tell you which direction to go. Come on, college students, let me talk to you. He'll tell you which classes to take and which classes not to, which professor to take it with and which professor not to. I don't know about you, if you remember college, but I thank God because not all college classes are created equal. There are some professors that are demon-possessed. 
<laughs> I'm not talking spiritual. I'm just talking about like they take joy. I remember I took this class. There's like 275 people. It was in my finance class. And the professor, first day of class goes, there's 200 people here and 190 of you are going to fail. I'm like, dropped. <laughs> Come on, we need God to guide us. The Holy Spirit is your God. It's kind of crazy because several years ago, if you remember the FIU bridge when it collapsed, never forget the bridge collapsed and about 10, 15 minutes after the bridge collapsed, I get a text message. Some of our staff ladies were in a car and they were getting off the turnpike and they always come off the turnpike on 8th Street. And one of them said, when they got to the office, they said, and on this text message, they said, it's so crazy, we just heard about the bridge we would have been at the bridge at that exact time. But as we were getting ready to pass Bird Road, there was something that told us, get off on Bird Road. They got off on Bird Road. Listen, y'all. I mean, I don't know if they would have witnessed it or the bridge would have collapsed on them, but we would have lost four of our staff ladies. I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. He will guide your steps. He'll tell you what person not to date, what person to date. He will tell you who to marry, who not to marry. Come on, anybody thankful that you don't have to live this life on your own, but you have a guide. He's going to go before you. He's going to make your path straight. Number four, write this down. He's also your friend. You know, I pray every morning, Holy Spirit, would you show me, would you guide me, would you lead me? Before I take counseling phone calls with people, I will ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me the words to say. I pray to the Holy Spirit all day. Come on, I want our church to be a church that prays to the Holy Spirit. Make the Holy Spirit your best friend. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing to be afraid of. Ask God, God, I want all of you. Holy Spirit, I want you to be a part of my life. I want you to be my best friend. Can I tell you, he'll be a friend that sticks closer to you than a brother. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He'll never leave you for another friend. He'll never leave you hanging on a Friday night for someone else better. No, he is a God that always wants to talk with you. So here's, here's who the Holy Spirit is. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to go a little bit deeper with that. But you say, okay, I'm convinced and we're out of time. So Pastor David, how do I invite the Holy Spirit in my life? Let me give you three prayers to pray this week. Real quick, real quick. Three prayers to pray this week. Number one is this. Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, will you show me? Holy Spirit, show me. Show me what, Pastor? Come on. What, what would happen if tonight when you left, tomorrow morning when you wake up, you say, Holy Spirit, show me stuff. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. Holy Spirit, show me where to go. Holy Spirit, show me. I love scripture in Psalm 139. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know what David, the author, is saying there? He's saying, God, show me anything in me that's keeping me from going to the next level. Show me anything in me that's holding me back. Show me anything in me, God, that's not pleasing to you. Show me anything in me that's causing hurt on other people. Show me how you can work in my life. Here's number two. The second prayer to pray is pray this. Holy Spirit, change me. Come on. Is there anybody here that you would say that you, you know you're not where you need to be, but you're thankful because you've come a long way from where you used to be? Come on, anybody? Look at that. Look at that. Come on. Give God praise for that for yourself. Come on. Like, we're not where we need to be, but we're not where we used to be. You know what that's called? That's called growth. And in order for you to grow, you've had to change. You know what? I pray, Holy Spirit, change me. And you know what? I got to pray that every day. 
Because everything in our culture is wanting to change you to be more like culture. Culture wants to change the way you think. Culture wants to change. Society wants you to be more like them. So every morning, it's so important that you pray, Holy Spirit, change me. Can I tell you, God has a desire for your life. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to go to the next level. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to succeed. He wants your family to be blessed. Come on, anybody believe that tonight? But not only does he have a desire, but God wants to give you the ability. Wouldn't it be so cruel of God if he gave you a desire for greatness, but he didn't give you the ability to get there? You see, God gives us the desire. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability. You know, I remember I had been a Christian for some time, and there were things in my life that I could not change. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever been there? Like maybe it's like anger. Maybe it's a temptation. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe insecurity. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe a past hurt. There are things I wanted to change, but I just couldn't change it. I had the desire, but I didn't have the ability. Can I tell you, it wasn't until I said, Holy Spirit, will you change me and give me the power? Someone say power. Oh, I love that word because in the book of Acts, that word is dunamis, which means dynamite, which means this, that God wants your life to be like dynamite. That's how powerful your life is called to be. Jesus actually said this, the same power that raised me from the dead is now living in you. It's called the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you and it's going to be power. Wouldn't you like to have more power? Wouldn't you like to know that you can overcome anything, that nothing can stop you and stop your dreams? You see, God gives you the desire But he doesn't just give you the desire. He gives us the Holy Spirit so that we have the ability. There's nothing worse than having the desire but not having the ability. It's kind of like the American Idol tryouts. You ever seen those? (laughs) Like they have a desire, but honey, you do not have the ability. And they get up there and they sing. Simon Cowell's like, They get done, and then they're shocked that they're not going to the next level. (gasps) Oh, my God. My mom says I sing beautiful. Your mom's a liar. You have the desire. God gives us not only just the desire. What's he talking about right now? That's okay. Um, God gives us not only just the desire. Not only does he tell you, hey, there's a next level you could get to. But I'm going to give you the ability. I'm believing in this room tonight, God's going to give some of you the ability. God's going to give anyone in this room who desires it the ability to go to the next level. I believe that some people, there's going to be like addictions just break off of you in this room tonight. There's going to be like anger issues, gone. Insecurity issues, gone. Depression, gone. Healing is going to be in your body because the Holy Spirit has come in and he's changing you. Here's the third prayer. Come on, would you write this down? Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, change me. The third prayer. Holy Spirit, fill me. Now now watch this. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, the apostle writes this. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know, there's a lot of things that we can fill our lives with in this, this earth, right? And they're not bad things. God created the earth for us to enjoy it. 
so I say enjoy the earth enjoy your time you go on vacation you have a day off enjoy it but you know what he's really telling us is be careful not to be so filled with the things of this world that there's no more room for God it's like imagine you take a cup and you fill it with water when it reaches the the rim of the cup you can't fit any more water what Paul is saying here is this chances are there are many of us in this room including me I've been there where he's saying you're so filled with things of this world that I cannot fill you up and show you how great of a God I am in other words in essence what you've done is you've limited how good God can be in your life but tonight is a great night where he says just empty your life of all of the things of the world and say God I'm an empty vessel fill me up come on is there anyone in this room that you would say man I need more of God come on my hand is up God will you fill my life can I tell you you can be filled with the Holy Spirit even tonight you say well Pastor David I've been filled with the Holy Spirit Acts chapter 13 verse 52 says this and the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit can I tell you it's a prayer for you every morning when you wake up to say Holy Spirit will you fill me in other words what you're praying is this watch and I'm gonna close God I want all of you that you are willing to give me your life will change if in the next seven days you wake up I did it this morning got out of my bed I lifted my hands by the edge of my bed I said Holy Spirit will you fill my life I want all of you that you have for me fill my life with your power church I'm telling you we are going to experience God this month like we've never experienced him before because we are going to get to know the power of the Holy Spirit come on are you ready if you bow your head and close your eyes with me you know I said earlier that I'm going to give every person a moment to surrender your life to Jesus and here's what I believe with no one looking around I believe that right now in this room people are making decisions I told you this moment would come I feel like maybe some of you here like like you just you you know it like you're on the edge of your seed and you're like man I just I know that I need to go all in with God and you know that you feel that your life needs to change can I tell you it doesn't even have to be sensational or overly emotional but you're here tonight and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you what a great night to come and just realize that you know what you've been hearing from the Holy Spirit all along but you just didn't know how to identify it but he's been speaking to you he's been leading you he's been guiding you but tonight the Holy Spirit is speaking to many people in this room and it probably sounds a little bit like this why not today why not go all in today why not surrender today why not give Jesus your life tonight can I tell you it's up to you to say yes you don't have to join this church but you're here tonight and you're ready to go all in with God tonight I'm talking to Christians I'm talking to non-Christians and you know that you are not in the right place with God and you're ready just to surrender. Tonight I'm going to pray a prayer just for you. So I'm going to ask this one time, if that's you tonight and you say, Pastor David, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me, I'm ready to go all in with God. On the count of three, all I'm going to ask you to do is lift your hand and put it right back down with no one looking in this room. On the count of three, 
One, two, three. Come on, Pastor, I'm ready. Yeah, so many. Most of us in this room. Yeah, incredible. Come on, can we pray this prayer? Whether you raise your hand or not, would you pray this with me? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me. Live in me. Change me. And today, I give you my life. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, come on, church. Let's just give it up, man. So many people have been added to the family of God. Come on, one more time. Let's give it the greatest shout of praise. What a great day today. Come on. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.